Welcome to Leading the Next Generation with Tim Elmore. I am your co-host, Andrew McPeak, and our mission here at Growing Leaders is to empower the emerging generations with skills to lead in real life. And today we're actually talking about the Olympics. Just wrapped up a little bit ago. Um, Lots of stuff happened, and so we want to process what can we learn and maybe even take what we learned uh, to our students. Um, But you and I were actually discussing the Olympics and remembering um, you were remembering in, in particular yeah. past Olympics from your childhood that stuck I, out to you. I rarely miss them. Uh, I, I may yeah. not watch every contest, every competition, but I, I love watching the Olympics. And the Summer Olympics are special fun for me. In 1972, something happened that was remarkable. Uh, Mark Spitz was an American swimmer who won seven gold medals. Wow. And we all thought that will never happen again. And of course, People have won more than that, you yeah. know. But it was just—I was in middle school. It was—it was—it was such an amazing time. But I distinctly remember that that particular. Okay, Olympics. you were telling me before we started about a joke because you were you were oh, in yes. middle school, yes. right? That's Mark right. Mark Spitz becomes so yeah. so famous, and you—the middle school boys had a little joke about yeah. about that time. The Go sixth grade it. boys had this joke. Do you all know how they fill the Olympic swimming pool? How do they fill it? Mark Spitz. <laughs> Boom, boom. There you go. <laughs> Some of you who are leading middle schoolers right now are like, I can totally hear my students saying that. That's right. Well, the memory from this Olympics that just passed that I will never forget, of course, we um, uh, we watched Simone Biles yeah. uh, step back from the competition, yep. and we're going to talk about that. But to me, uh, it was so awesome. My wife is a huge Olympics fan, so we watched the Olympics every single night during it. But uh, the, the moment that's going to stick out to me is watching Suni Lee um, who mm. lots of people yeah. might have said before the Olympics started, she was in the shadow of Simone Biles because yeah. everyone was in the shadow of Simone Biles. But to watch her rise to the occasion and win the women's all around was just awesome. Yeah. I, I think it's easy for us, well, I'll just speak for myself, easy for me to forget how young these athletes are. Then we hear an age and we yeah. go, oh my gosh, yeah. a minor, you know? Yeah. Uh, so lots of the... Uh, contestant, a lot of the athletes this year were very young, teens or 20-somethings. Many of them were minors. In fact, go beyond the Olympics. This year's U.S. Open, it was two teenage females, two girl teenagers, duking it out for the championship. Unbelievable. You didn't even have someone over 18. They couldn't celebrate with a drink. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's how crazy it was. Yeah. So it's just amazing. It is amazing. Well, um, I I want to process the Olympics that just happened. I know it's we're now past yeah. them a little bit, but honestly, the distance we have now from the, uh, the Olympics allows us to kind of go, what just happened there? Yeah. And that's really what we want to do. As you think about watching the games and the storylines that came out, what, what sort of sticks out to you? Yeah, so this is going to feel like just a fireside talk, I guess. I, not, no teaching here, but as I just uh, got a pad and I started scribbling, what was it that we took away from these Olympics because they were memorable. Well, first of all, they were memorable because they were postponed a year. Yeah. It was supposed to happen in 2020. the 2020 Olympics in 2021. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And then, you know, with all that went on, it, it was remarkable. And I've just got four thoughts that I thought maybe listeners would enjoy just reflecting on with me. So yeah. um, the first big overarching idea, um, this is not one of the lessons, but I think the major difference for me in these Olympic Games was the topic of mental health. Yeah. It came to the forefront of our minds. So many places, yeah. Yeah, it's there here and there, even since the 70s. But 
but to, today it was at the forefront. And you mentioned Simone Biles. We'll talk about her again in just a little bit. But among the biggest stories was, was Simone withdrawing from the competition. And in many ways, this, she was the focus. If not in all sports, there were other big names. Yeah. But she was the one we all seemed to know. Yeah. We all just were sure she was going to win multiple gold medals. And she steps back. And then it, she says, it wasn't because I was physically injured. It was because I was mentally injured. Yeah. And we began to think about, well, gosh, I wouldn't make her do it if she had a broken ankle. Yeah. Why would I make her do this if she had some mental health issues? And I think coaches for the first, well, not just coaches, all of us realized this is a big deal. We better pay attention. Mm, I love that. Well, there were so many moments um, that I think about uh, w- with her. And, you know, we were all kind of watching. Is she going to be back on the, on the yeah. um, you know, in the in the competition again at some point. And I remember watching her after all the things she fought through. And I know you've got some uh, interview quotes with her that you want to talk about, but I remember her getting to the end. She did one competition. She came out with a bronze medal and, and one of the, uh, the interviewer interviewer asked her a question of what uh, is this going to be one of the most important medals you ever won? This is somebody who's won yeah, multiple yeah. golds. And she said, I will remember this bronze medal above all of the rest. Oh, wow. And I just thought, what a key moment because what she, what we're recognizing here, uh, lots of people looked at the situation and they went, Oh, she just doesn't have what it takes. Yeah. It's like, it's Simone Biles. Yeah. She has what it takes. Yeah, right. That's right. What happened is she had to fight through just the same way you'd have to fight through a physical injury. She had to fight through a mental, yeah. Uh, a mental issue and a mental um, uh, injury that she was facing. And it was amazing to watch her overcome that. No doubt about it. Let's just um, reflect, Andrew. Yeah, um, let's do it. I've got four um, items that came to my mind as I was just scribbling on lessons that I feel like I needed to learn about leading young people, all derived from the Summer Olympics of 2021. The first one is kind of the foundation. We must take initiative. We, as in the adult leaders, yeah. must take initiative to address the mental health issues that Generation Z suffers from. Um, every one of us knows that Simone Biles wasn't the first young athlete no, to withdraw she was from not. competition. No, yeah. um, I re- distinctly remember tennis star Naomi Osaka withdrew herself from the French Open for the very same reasons. Yeah. And I think some people went, what? Why is it? Well, I want to see her play. Well, something way more important than seeing her play yeah. is keeping her healthy there. It's true. And again, it's not like Simone or Naomi lacked grit. My goodness, if anybody's got grit, it's these two young athletes. Yeah. But they recognize something's not right, and you wouldn't make me compete if I had a broken ankle. You shouldn't make me compete if I have a broken mind. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, just, I just think adults need to catch up to the times, and I'm putting myself in that category. Um, they can feel used and abused when coaches or parents or media or fans fail to take the long view. Um, we all know young children that burn out on a sport in middle school because yeah. dad's so fired up over and not realizing they need a break. Yep. Um, so I don't know if you want to jump into this, but well, I just we've think talked it's huge. previously about, you know, the, the phenomenon that, you know, you might be at a professional um, athletic game yeah. and it may be that the most talented athlete is in the stands yeah. not on the field. And I think this is another representation of why that often happens, yeah. right? You've got kids who are growing up in high-pressure situations, and they almost give up on their sport before they really even discover their talent. Yeah. Right? Um, and so recognizing that mental health is a key element in sport, I think, is so important. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So um, 
Judy Foudy, the Women's Sports Foundation president, said this, and I like it. This was in the aftermath of Simone Biles' withdrawal. She said it sparked a discussion that's long overdue. I think most organizations, leagues, and team owners do a terrible job of addressing this, even though you have athletes who are speaking up more and more and having the courage to say, I have some things I'm dealing with and I need help. Mm. Organizations can't just keep sweeping it under the rug or threatening it's time we, we take initiative. And I totally agree with Judy. Oh, so that's wow. lesson number one. Yeah, so true. All right, so lesson number two. I believe we must apply appropriate pressure on them to succeed. Yeah. And the key word is appropriate. Yes. So in light of the mental health, the answer isn't always try harder. Sometimes it is because yeah. we all know kids that need to try harder. But um, in addition to mental health problems, some young performers balk at the pressure unhealthy coaches, fans, or rules place on them. In other words, in addition to the cultural issues causing anxiety or panic attacks, some of the unhealthy pressure is due to those in charge of the money. Mm. This thing almost always boils down to a money thing. Yep. Yeah, so whether it's a high schooler in the AAU or a college student in the NCAA or NAIA, it's it's just far too often you can trace it back to follow the money, follow the money, follow the money, and that's where we tend to tend to go. Um, three-time Grammy Award winner Pink offered to pay for fines given to Norway's women's beach handball team after they refused to wear bikini bottoms during the bronze medal match at the European Beach Handball Championship. Now, it's interesting. Pink, who really doesn't have any formal association with athletics, paid the fine. But listen, think about this. Why were they fined for not wearing We don't wait, make men wear Speedos, Yeah, and yeah. I'm thankful for that. Yeah. But... That's just so weird. It's yeah. it's uh, pardon me. It's a little sexist. Yeah. So all I'm saying is, we gotta we gotta check ourselves um, and and apply appropriate pressure. That was that's not appropriate. In my opinion, uh, it's not appropriate. We're putting all of this um, pressure on them, and oftentimes we're following the rules just to follow the rules. You know, yeah, it kind of makes right. me think of our habitude quarterbacks and referees, right? Yeah. A lot of us find ourselves in a place where we're forcing kids to do things just because it's the quote-unquote yeah. way we've always done it, not yeah. allowing them to challenge convention and go, yeah. hey— Maybe we put this rule in place, but we weren't right when we did yeah. that. Or maybe we put this standard in place, but we weren't right when we set that standard. And I think uh, thinking about mental health, thinking about cultural norms when we are assessing some of this is really important. And you know what? Those Gen Z kids, they're going to make us think about those that's things. So and I true. think that's good. Yeah, absolutely. So the third lesson that I scribbled down that I felt, it's, it's simple, but I just think it's something I have to pay attention to is we must remove some of their self-imposed pressure. Yeah, yeah. So I see a disproportionate amount of students today. They would be both uh, late millennials and early Gen Zers that would just be really imposing a lot of pressure on themselves to be the perfect student, yep. make the grade, make the cut, make the, uh, I don't know, the, the straight A's or the honor roll or whatever. And it's just something that I think an adult needs to come next to and say, hey, you need to relax. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. This, is, this is a grade we're talking about. So um, Sean Wright, our vice president, Andrew, here at Growing Leaders, uh, vice president of business development, he spends his weekends umpiring ball games, And you and I often hear about stories of him umpiring either adult or kids' ball games uh, for Little League Baseball and adult baseball. 
Sean will mourn almost on a regular basis over the incidents of adults, coaches and parents, behaving badly at ball games, um, setting the poorest of examples of what maturity should, should look like. And often the reason a parent goes ballistic is their own emotional deficits. Um, it's envy of another family or dad or boy or, or it's their ego. Um, the problem wasn't a bad call by the home plate umpire. It was caused by our ulterior motives, I think, on the part of the parent. Uh, bottom line, I think, is if our emotions outweigh the issue at hand, our reactions are likely inappropriate. Something else is going on, and we need to check that out. Yeah. Um, sadly, our children are often the victims of this unhealthy adult that's pushing, 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 or that's causing them to feel like, if I don't measure up, I'm not going to be good enough for dad or mom, so I'll push myself. We've got to remove that self-imposed pressure and give them time to relax and have some, have some, have some downtime. Mm. Our stress often tends to become distress, and I just think there's no reason it has to. Mm, that's so true, so true. Well, um, I know you've shared a couple of thoughts. I know uh, one last thing that you uh, had written down, and uh, I don't know if we've talked about it, but the the topic came up about interviews. I know yeah. that was really important around yeah. Naomi Osaka. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that as well. Yeah. So this last thought isn't, I'm not the first to think this or say this, I'm sure. But when I think about leading young performers, especially if this is a fairly notable team, or a Division One level, let's yeah. say, athlete or whatever. Yeah. The intensity is up. Yeah, the interviews are part of the process. Yeah. But I, I guess I'm just questioning, why would we force them to do it, to do the interview? We might say appropriately, oh, they, they, they should get good at this. Um, we have a great team member, Mimi, who did a number of interviews, and she's very at home on the stage now. Why? Because as a Georgia Tech basketball player, she, and they made the Sweet 16. She's in front of the microphone a whole bunch. Yeah. But I'm telling you, I now hear athletes go, I, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. And it's not just I should get better at this. It's just that I'm just not good at this. I think I know what we really care about. It increases our chance at revenue. Yeah. We know if we get on the air, we're yeah. talking about our team and our success and da-da-da-da-da, alumni are donating, people yep. are buying tickets. Yep. Yeah. You it's, represent the people who are going to give us money, right? That's exactly right. Yeah. And so we just need to check our motives and say, maybe I want to push this kid to do this because of my own desire to generate revenue. Mm. And I just think that's not fair. Yeah. Simone Biles is the greatest of all time at just 24 years old. That's now, wild. there may be somebody in 10 years from now, but at just 24, yeah. greatest of all time. She's an icon in a sport that sacrifices bodies, minds, and lives for, for, for perfection. Mm. In fact, you're literally judged on how close to perfection you come yeah. in gymnastics. Your score is minus, right? Yeah, that's right. We start exactly. with perfection and we come that's down from exactly there. exactly right. Yeah. It's crazy. Your identity tends to come to be built around it. Yeah. Young gymnasts are taught that their bodies are not their own, but Simone Biles refused to accept that and said, no, yeah. I'm going to have to live with this mind for the next several decades. I want to make sure it's healthy. And I, and I applaud her for yeah, that. Yeah, she needs to be applauded for that. That's amazing. Well, I, I thought we could close by, um, I know this has been a little bit of a fireside chat with you. Uh, what thoughts do you have for us as um, maybe actually you want to speak to students and for us as yeah. leaders yeah. Um, about how, what should we be keeping in mind in, you know, reflecting on all that happened, yeah. stepping into this new fall school year? Yeah, there's two, the two simple metaphors that I have, and these both are habitudes. Um, 
that we have developed at Growing Leaders. The first one is for the student. The second one is for the, the adult leader. So the one for the students is one that many of you are familiar with. It's simply called thermostat and thermometer. Yeah. Two instruments that have to do with measuring the temperature in a room. The big difference is the thermometer only can reflect what the climate is. The thermostat actually sets it. Um, many others have come out, uh, in addition to Simone Biles, about mental health issues. And I'm proud that they, in a sense, are setting a new temperature. Yeah. They've raised the temperature or lowered it or whatever and said, no, this is the thing. Mental health is a thing. And, um, you know, I just am embarrassed that we adults have just fallen behind, not only in our even caring, but in knowing what to do. Mm. Um, we tend to know what to do if you break your get a cast, yeah. you know, or we got whatever. a doctor for that. Yeah, set that splint or whatever. So um, I just think Simone Biles has inspired a generation of, of uh, student athletes and young athletes uh, about their own experiences. She's leading the way as a thermostat, and I would just want to encourage you, if you're leading students, encourage them to set the temperature. Don't just watch what others are going through and say, I guess I have to emulate that. You don't have to. She's such a great example of that. And I think if we had more students who said, you know what, when I see something that needs to change or an issue that needs to be spoken up about, I'm going to be like Simone. Yeah. I'm going to choose to be a thermostat. That's right. Than a thermometer. Yep. Now, the habitude for adult leaders is a, is a new one. Uh, in fact, it's not been published yet, but I really think it's fitting. We call it guard dogs or guide dogs. Love it. So many jobs have been given to canines, but two of the most popular ones are guard dog and guide dog. Quite simply, two completely different jobs. Yeah. Uh, both are on the alert, yeah. but, but a guard dog is on the alert because that dog is suspicious mm-hmm. of any noise or smell that might be around. They're prancing about this gated area, uh, and, and they're growling and, and, and barking sometimes, yeah. but they're suspicious of the worst. Their job is to protect. They're protecting property. Yep. The guide dog is, is not suspicious. In fact, the guide dog's on the alert because the guide dog knows, I have to go first. I have a seeing impaired or a blind person with me, and I need to be this scout mm. for him or her. Um, I remember speaking at an event in Virginia, and the speaker right before me was a blind man, but Scout was the name of his dog. I love and it. And the dog walked him up to the stage, walked him over to the podium, stopped right before the podium so he knew exactly where to stand, gave his speech. I noticed the dog knew exactly what the last words or syllables were to be and knew it was time to get up and walk him off right down the stairs. It was amazing. I thought, amazing. what a great leader. And I wasn't talking about the man. <laughs> yeah. I was talking about the dog. Yeah. So... While the guard dog's job is to protect, the guide dog's job is to partner. Mm -hmm. And leaders, here's what I'm saying to you. Our job needs to be, like that guide dog, to go first, to take initiative in being vulnerable, maybe take initiative in an area we weren't comfortable doing yet, but we do anyway, and we partner with those young people to bring them to a place where they can be transparent as well. That's what Simone needed. Maybe she had adults. I'm hoping she did. Yeah. That said, Simone, you can say this. You you don't have to compete in Tokyo. I, I know we want you to, and if you can, please do. Yeah. But you don't have to. And I'm just saying, this is the other side of a very important coin we've got to learn. Mm-hmm. Be a guide dog and students, be a thermostat. I love it. I love it. Tim, thank you so much for leading us. If you're looking for habitudes, actually just like the ones Tim just mentioned, thermostat and thermometer, for instance, uh, to 
have conversations with your students about topics like this, uh, we want to encourage you to check out Habitudes. Uh, Habitudes are simply images that form leadership habits and attitudes. Tim just showed you what one looks like right there, but we use pictures, images, uh, stories, and metaphors in order to communicate really important principles and ultimately start a conversation with students about stuff that matters. If you're interested in finding out more about Habitudes, I would encourage you to head on over to growingleaders.com SEL, and you'll, you'll be able to find out about our program, Habitudes for Social and Emotional Learning. We have a middle school edition and a high school edition of that program, and you can actually not only find out more about it, but actually get a free sample and see what it looks like. Uh, we have a great online platform called Habitudes Online that you'll see there. So if that's you, I would really encourage you to head on over to growingleaders.com SEL to find out more. Uh, if you would rate this podcast, give us five stars on iTunes or wherever you get this podcast. It helps get the, get the word out about what we're doing here. You can also quite literally get the word out by passing this podcast along to a friend who you think might find it helpful. We would really be um, uh, supported and encouraged if you would do that. If you want to connect with us online, we are at Growing Leaders and at Tim Elmore pretty much everywhere you are. And then finally, if you have ideas for this podcast, stuff you think we should talk about, people we should interview, shoot us an email. It's podcast at growingleaders.com. We love getting those. Tim, thank you for sharing your thoughts with us today. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time. Woo-hoo!